Hi, this is Esti, host of the Friday A Public Affair. I hope you help us by contributing to WORT and you can also subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. No power frequency radio modulation. No change without struggle. No one in power ain't giving up nothing. No change without struggle. No one in power. W-O-R-T, 89.9 FM, listener-sponsored community radio, Madison, Wisconsin. And hello, welcome to A Public Affair. I am Esti Dinor. We have an excellent guest today to talk about an excellent book. We have Norman Solomon about his new book, War Made Invisible, How America Hides the Human Toll of Its Military Machine. And we will get to him momentarily. But first, a friend of mine is here today at the studio, Janet Braun. Hi, Janet. Thank Hi, you for Esty. being here. But why are you here? Well, I am here to help us with some fundraising. Everybody hopefully knows this is the time we raise funds for WORT, and so I'm here to rally with Esty and help you all make your calls and donate some money to support this great station. And this is the last opportunity this time around to um, support us, and we have a lofty goal, lofty goals, right? How many people are supposed to call us during I this hour? I think we're hoping for 28 calls <laughs> minimum, right? So more would be great. Okay, and that is a goal that Susan gave us, so, you know, we better get close to that, at least, right? And we have to raise a bunch of money, too, and um, we are looking at $1,200 today. So we need you people to um, support us. Like uh, the model for my show says, no change without struggle. No one in power ain't giving up nothing, but we are here Still, after, I, I think we're at the either 47th or 48th year of this station, uh, we are still, um, what's, what's the right terminology? We are standing to power. We are talking about the things that most of the media don't. We bring you information that um, you won't get elsewhere. And uh, we need to see your support today. Correct, Janet? That's right. And everybody who's listening, all of you also care about the topics that Esty's here to present for us. You believe in WART. Your support right now is really important for us. Right. And let me give you um, just a few reasons to pledge, and then I'll ask Janet to let you know what you can get for these pledges, and then we're going to get to our guest. And so, first of all, um, so Janet is a professor of nursing. And uh, if any of you is in the medical area or in academy and, you know, quite a few academics from Madison have been on this show. So if you've been on the show, your friend or someone you know, or you just appreciate uh, what's going on here, let us know that you are um, a nurse or a doctor or um, any other, um, you hold any kind of other uh, occupation within 
the medical field or that you are an academic and um, support us this way. Also, I'm declaring this to be my 28th anniversary um, fundraiser. Really, my anniversary is early in November. I started 28 years ago on November 7th, and my first show was about the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin, the uh, Israeli prime minister at the time. So um, if you want to help me just celebrate being on the air for just about 28 years, I would love for you to uh, call today and or, or pledge online or donate do, donate online and um, and support us. And also, one of you who pledges or, do, or donates today will um, get the book, the copy of the book that I have, "The War Made Invisible" by Norman Solomon. Will do kind of a. Um, we'll put it in the computer and it will decide for us who the lucky one is, but um, it, uh, it doesn't depend on how much you pay, right? So, um, so you can do that. So these are a few reasons. I can think of a few more. We'll talk about them later. If you don't mind, Janet, if you can tell quickly people what they can get as uh, a premium today. Great. We have a list of thank you gifts for people that donate to the station today, and there are gifts at each level. So at the $30 level, there's a wart sticker set. You can put those stickers wherever you'd like to show people. There's a embroidered patch, that looks nice, with the microphone at the $35 level. There is at the $45 level two options. Um, Stu Levitan's book, The Illustrated Sesquicentennial History of Madison, or a year subscription to the Progressive Magazine. At the $50 level, the wonderful, unique, mindless minion membership card. At the $60 level, you can get a really nice coffee mug. It's a 20-ounce apple green bistro coffee mug. Um, And this, it says, is available only online, so make your pledge online if you'd like that coffee mug. And at the $120 level, there are several options. There's a new glow-in-the-dark skull T-shirt with wart on the front of it, and that's a long-sleeve shirt. And there's also a Bluetooth speaker, a Jupiter Bluetooth speaker. I really speaker. want that. I, I can't pledge that much, but uh, I would love to have one of these. <laughs> Those speakers are great. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Janet. The number here is 608-256-2001, extension 1. You can pledge or, or donate online at wartfm.org. I'm going to um, thank our first. We have a first pledger, Janet. And this is Harry Richardson. Thank you so much, Harry, again for um, your pledge. And Harry likes the public affair, evening news, and labor radio. Really appreciate hearing from you and need to hear from the rest of you. 28 was supposed to uh, peer from this hour. It's already 12.14, so start right now. Um, but I am going to get to Norman Solomon. He is co-founder of RootsAction.org and executive director of the Institute for Public Accuracy. His books include War Made Easy and Made Love Got War. He lives in San Francisco area, but I believe he's talking to us from Portland, Oregon. 
today. Uh, thank you so much, Norman, for uh, joining us today with these titles that I just read and the one that we're talking about today, War Made Invisible. It seems like you have an overarching theme of war. Why is that? Really, and thanks, SD and WRT, for inviting me. It's because uh, from my vantage point, and I'm sure from uh, the views of a lot of listeners, we have for decades been overshadowed in our lives and our society with the United States being at war. And even though we are geographically far removed, we've been affected in many ways. So as an activist and journalist, the ongoing warfare state has really been something I've tried to address. Yeah. And you say that um, 9-11, which was 20 years ago, and the consecutive wars on, really on, not in Afghanistan and Iraq, set in motion a perpetual state of war. So my first question is, wasn't, hasn't the United States been in a perpetual state of war all along? What Virtually, changed then? The... the um, Change has been in terms of intensity and longevity rather than uh, whether the United States has been engaging in military intervention. If we go back to the uh, Vietnam War, there was a brief hiatus afterwards when for so many profound reasons, so many Americans were uh, repulsed and uh, sickened by uh, the U.S. war yes, on Vietnam, that there was what later the right wing called the Vietnam Syndrome. But in the 1980s, there was a gear up, sort of like getting the war train moving again with momentum. Invasion of Grenada in 1983, Panama in 1989, then the attack um, that left 100,000 Iraqis killed in six weeks in early 1991, the Gulf War, and under President Clinton, uh, 78 straight days of U.S.-led NATO bombing of Kosovo and Yugoslavia. Uh, Bill Clinton uh, was uh, cordialing and uh, celebrating at the end of that that not a single American died uh, in that uh, killing in Yugoslavia and Kosovo. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan. Since uh, October of uh, 2001, so we're now, what, 22 years in, almost exactly, the U.S. has been in perpetual war in search of enemies, using tremendous Pentagon firepower to intervene in one country after another. In many cases, we don't even know. And that's not just in the past, it's today. And that's why, really, the first words I wrote of this book uh, turned out to be the title, War Made Invisible, because as people in the United States, because of the political discourse in Washington or what passes for it, and because of mass media, we rarely even hear about uh, the U.S. military actions happening ongoing overseas. Yeah, so so what happened um, once um, we had uh, the planes going into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon, etc.? What... How how did things change then and why and by whom? In effect, 9-11 gave a license 
or you might say that the political powers in Washington, bipartisan, they took a license to kill. And they got a blank check virtually in financial terms and even more so politically to say we have an authorization for use of military force pretty much anywhere that the president defines it as appropriate. And so that pseudo authorization has been uh, utilized with a vengeance. Right now, the U.S. is involved in many military actions from uh, Syria to Africa. We hear very little about it. And of course, this is tremendously profitable for uh, the military industrial complex and driving a lot of this. And that includes the tremendous amounts of military aid now to Ukraine is the insatiable quest for huge profits by military contractors. Yeah, and what does that mean to the rest of us? What it means to the rest of us is what uh, Martin Luther King Jr. called the madness of militarism. He described in 1967 what he called, and I'm quoting here, a destructive demonic suction tube that took money away in huge quantities from health care, education, housing, infant care, elderly care, whether you live in Wisconsin or any other part of the United States, you don't have to go very far from where you live to see the lack of these basic human needs being met by, by government and by the public sector. So we've, we're seeing the intensification of the neoliberal model that says that public space is wasted space, that um, maximizing profit is the name of the game. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry to say we haven't received any pledges or donations yet, Janet. Uh, we do have a pledger. We have a donation on my screen. You yeah. do? A person to thank. So Tell me about I'd it. I'd like to thank Brad for making a great donation. Brad's from Sun Prairie. Brad likes a public fair on Fridays. Thanks to you, Esty. He likes Melon Floyd, and Brad likes the 8 o'clock buzz on Fridays. Brad says, thanks to Wart and Esty for breaking through the establishment lies to expose the greed and corruption. Oh, so, Brad, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate hearing that. I guess I will have to let you um, do the... I didn't know that you are the one watching over the... Um, online donations. Um, I would like to know about them too, Jade, please. Um, so anyway, Brad, thank you so much and thank you for your um, good words. And we need, what, at least three more in the next uh, three minutes or so, Janet? Yeah, I haven't done the math on that, but, you know, we're shooting for at least 28. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I the like. sooner they come, the better, Esty. Yeah, yeah. And um, we need also, um, we need them also to um, give us what they can, which is very important. And we just get got another one from Kate Schenker. Thank you. Uh, Kate so much and she likes every show I like them all um, Tuesday Green Morning she likes the jazz the noon program love SDAPA um, and, and that's an example of how things work out around here um, you get great talk news 
music, all kinds of music, right? All kinds, with no commercial break. So, right, and that is so important, isn't it? Talk about that here for a minute. No, <laughs> war does not rely on commercials, and so because of that, There's no one that at Wart is beholden to. Esty and all of the other hosts of programs can choose the topics that they want to hear, things that they're interested, things they know that you, our listeners, will be interested in um, because there are no commercial people to answer to. Exactly, and that is so important that we don't answer to anyone. We answer to our consciousness, we answer to our belief in what's right, and we answer to the need for people to know what's really happening and not what Shell and Chevron and Walmart and so on want you to know. And we'll be talking about that. It's a very important part of what uh, Norman's talking about in his book. So I'm going to Since uh, we got some very nice uh, donations and we appreciate hearing from these three people, I'm going to get back to Norman. But if we don't hear from at least another three by the time we're done with the next answer, um, we'd have, we're going to have to start uh, pledge wrapping again. And, and Norman, I know that uh, you can give much um, longer answers to questions I appreciate that you know as a as a media person uh, you know that we can't get to things as in depth as we would but um, anything you want to tell our listeners to get them to pledge here well um, we really cannot depend on as a matter of fact in a inverse way we can depend on the The corporate media to give us uh, war lines that are coming out of the Pentagon the White House and the State Department as a matter of fact when I think of the commercial networks and frankly when I think of all things considered in morning edition and the PBS news hour I think they may as well um, be funded directly by the Pentagon uh, NPR often seems to stand for National Pentagon radio it doesn't mean <laughs> that there aren't uh, good news Uh, segments and reports on a lot of domestic issues um, although we could uh, critique some of those but when it comes to foreign policy we really have a sort of what Orwell called a newspeak double think mass media and that means that more than ever we need to support a station like WORT and the good and bad news is there are very few and so we need to support war because it's a precious flow of information and analysis and every day yeah um, I haven't heard the National Pentagon radio before but I listen I listen to NPR I listen to Wisconsin Public Radio and like you said there's some very good um, shows and uh, there is sometimes I would say good reporting about domestic issues but um, I want to share with you something I think two weeks ago or so I was listening to one of the NPR shows and And they devoted 20 minutes to capitalism. And I'm like, wow, NPR discovered capitalism because I realized I'd never heard a show about capitalism on NPR. So that one was, of course, just a segment of 20 minutes, and it was only about the way it affects 
um, the middle class in the United States. But uh, but my thinking was, besides, wow, you know, it's about time that if not for for stations like WORT and um, publications like the Progressive and, and and others and books like you write. Um, they wouldn't be talking about capitalism even now because it's it's us who educate people who offer this information for years and years and then finally it makes it to NPR and then hopefully beyond that. Do, do, do you agree with what I'm saying? Yeah, very much. And you're reminding me of the first articles I ever read against the Vietnam War during the mid-1960s mm. was in the Progressive Magazine. Mm-hmm. And I was thrilled years later when I got to write for the Progressive Magazine when Erwin Knoll and Sam Day were editors there. And the Progressive is just a great institution that underscores we can't just have the media train that is progressive starting and stopping. We need to keep it rolling all the time. And now we're in a place where, and Esther, you mentioned uh, the unusual event you heard on NPR. They devoted some time to capitalism. At the same time, they are capitalism routinely. I mean, this is what we get. It's not that there aren't some quality instances of journalism, which is the case, for instance, of the New York Times, but the drumbeat, the catchwords, the assumptions, what is routinely put in, what is routinely left out, that's the essence of, of propaganda systems. That's all the more important, therefore, that we have true independent progressive media outlets. These airwaves are precious. You know, the corporates, the right wingers, they have so much of the AM and FM band. These little profound spaces that we have, like Wart, have to be protected and enhanced. Yeah, so from your mouth to the ears of our listeners, um, we are at about the half of the hour, and um, how much is three out of 28, a ninth or so of the people who are supposed to get. And uh, money-wise, we are at uh, almost a third of what we're supposed to raise, and we haven't gotten additional pledges, have we, Janet? Nothing new right now. So we're ready for your call. I think we have three phone answerers. Thank you to our phone answers. And and for only $45, you can get a year's subscription to the Progressive, where Norman has written, where I have written too sometimes. Uh, And like Norman said, it's a great magazine, and it's only one of several great premia, though we know you don't pledge for the premia, right? Janet. Right. And the other thing that we can do as listeners is become the evergreen donor and make a monthly donation. So sometimes that makes it easier to make a significant donation because you get to spread it over the whole year. And so you can pledge as little as $5 a month and just have that automatically taken from your bank account um, and still receive one of the thank you gifts that goes along with the amount of your annual pledge. Right, and it makes it so easy, $5 a month, $10 a month for some people, possibly $50 a month. Um, then you don't have to give the whole thing at once. It makes it easy, and we are expected to get three new or increasing monthly donors and at least new one um, new 
um, donors. So folks, we need to hear from you. I'm going to get back to Norman because really there's so many important things to talk with him about, but we need to hear from you. 608-256-2001, extension 1, wartfm.org. Um, so Norman, as you mentioned already, and, and we have said, the title of your book is War Made Invisible. So you listed a long list of places where the United States is at war, though most people, especially if they don't listen to war or, or a station like that or read these publications, they don't know about them. Why, first of all, substantiate it and, and tell us why is it that people here don't know about all these wars that the country is involved in? Well, the second point first, that uh, people are, so to speak, captives of their information sources. And if they aren't informed, then we have the the uninformed pseudo-consent of the governed. We don't have the informed consent of the governed, which is very common, which is the routine. And uh, as for where and how and how do we know, one of the resources that I draw on is um, the Cost of War Project at Brown University. And not only have they conservatively estimated the number of direct and indirect deaths from the, and people might think they're hearing wrong, but this is accurate, the direct and indirect deaths from the U.S. post-9-11 wars is 4.5 million people. 4.5 million people have died in the last 22 years as a result of the U.S. supposed retaliation to 9-11. And the Brown University studies also have documented, as I cite in the book, the United States is currently involved in military activities in 85 different countries. And this can involve joint military actions, training, exercises, bombing, drone strikes, special operations, as still are reported even in the back pages of some newspapers sometimes in Syria, in Somalia and elsewhere. So this is ongoing. And the military contractors, and I don't call them defense contractors, lowercase d, they are military contractors. They're making a killing literally and figuratively. And in contrast to even during World War II, I would uh, point out when then Senator Harry Truman chaired hearings on war profiteering. Back then, war profiteering was a negative term. People heard it. And now we don't even hear, with very rare exceptions, the pejorative war profiteering. These huge corporations, Raytheon, Boeing, and so forth, making billions of dollars of profits from supplying the Pentagon with the tools of the killing trade, they're touted as great uh, corporate civic enterprises. Yeah, the killing trade. Um, again, you come up with uh, some very, very concise um, term for what is going here. And again, we haven't received more uh, pledges. So let me, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the way um, our show affects um, people. Uh, I thought I had it open, but um, why don't you talk here for a minute, Janet, and I'll find uh, what I'm looking for. Well, I know that I keep hearing conversations on a public affair 
both through you, Estes' work, and all the other hosts that host the program that, that bring ideas and thoughts and conversations about things I wouldn't hear anywhere else on the radio dial. And, um, and most often I wouldn't even know about them except I've heard them on the radio. So that opens up lots of opportunities to read more, to get involved. Your guests always do a wonderful job of giving us ideas at the end about things we can do to be active and help make our world a better place to live. That's what public affairs is about. That's what makes this program great and a part of a rare gem of a radio station, WORT. And that's why all of you listening should call in right now to make your donation, 256-2001, area code 608, or go online to wortfm.org and make a donation. We can read your name over the air. You can choose a thank you gift. We would love to hear from you now. Or you can be anonymous, of course, if that's what you want. Nothing online? Not yet. I am appalled. Um, anyway, we need to hear from you folks. And let me, um, let me give you one um, reason. So on the 22nd of September, we uh, talked for the second time with um, the three ragtag folks from uh, up in the UP who started um, a campaign against a mine that is planned in the Porcupine Mountains right on the shore of um, Lake Superior, uh, very, very dangerous. Uh, it can um, totally poison the waters of this lake, which is really a sea of sweet water that um, I think they said 10 million people depend on, or maybe even more. And um, they have waged their campaign, and they had their first ever media appearance on our show. Um, if you signed their petition after the show, um, you probably got a, a, an email yesterday telling you about their first uh, mass massive campaign, very wise one, to uh, write to the people who are already invested in that mine and those who are thinking about being invested in that mine and let them know that there will be a lot of resistance, that there is no support. And um, I did that and... Um, then I wrote to Chris Vaughn, uh, one of the three, and asked him how things are going. And here is what he answered. Great to hear from Esty, great to hear from you. In fact, the two weeks since the interview, we received around 2,000 signatures, by, by far the most we've received in a two-week period. I did do quite a lot of promoting... Let me change here. I did do quite a lot of promoting of the show on Facebook groups and regional Reddit forums, but I think folks responded much more strongly now that they have real humans to listen to. Thanks again for reaching out. It was a huge boost. And... Um, now they have 7,000 people who have signed. It was a lot less before the show, and um, this has made a difference. And as you may remember, we did the same with the Pinocchio's mine. Of course, I don't take uh, credit for actually killing that mine, but I was the first one to discuss it outside of the immediate area. So if that means anything to you, and I hope it does, what should they do, Janet? 
they should call in right now with a, a pledge to donate to WORT to keep you and all of the other great hosts on the air here. Yes, 608-256-2001, extension 1, or wartfm.org, and donate that. Um, Norman, anything you want to add? We're kind of, we're uh, doing slow here today. Well, defining what the news is creates the illusion that, from the corporate mass media, that we're in the know. Uh, you know, there used to be a saying, uh, 22 minutes will give you the world. There were sign-offs. Uh, this is what's happening. Well, that's t- totally arbitrary to define what is important. And one of the insidious aspects, and I hate to uh, keep referring to the mass media, but that's the, the water that most people swim in, the aspects really define uh, by limitation what is even within our, uh, within our vision. And part of what is so crucial about independent progressive media, and Word is a great example, we have to widen the definition of what it means to know about the world, really what it means to be a human being. Are we just concerned with going out and buying things and being entertained? Or is there a wider and deeper set of concerns that can really enrich our lives? Yeah, and as we've discussed already, even the non-commercial uh, media are not very good at um, really telling us what's going on. And, and one example is the BBC, which, um, which I really appreciate. They have um, people reporting from all over the world, but just the news that we heard at the top of this hour, number one was Ukraine. Um, daily, almost hourly, we hear there and on NPR about the horrors of uh, what's happening in Ukraine, which are the horrors of war, which is exactly what happens in these 85 countries where the United States is invo- involved in military campaigns, but we don't hear about them. We hear about the Ukraine because Biden is basically at war with Russia um, and is using Ukraine as a proxy. And and tell me if you agree, um, Norman, maybe you don't. But um, the the second item that we heard was about Iran. Again, um, a declared enemy of the United States. And uh, what about Saudi Arabia? When are we going to hear the... The, the horrors that are happening in Saudi Arabia that are not at all different from what's going on in Iran. But, of course, Saudi Arabia has a lot of uh, oil and uh, is on friendly terms with the United States. So we don't hear about it on these media. So what do you think? We profoundly need a single standard of human rights and a single standard about international conduct. And so what Russia is doing is indefensible. The attack on Ukraine, it is a complete violation of international law and it is ongoing slaughter. Another complete violation of international and law and slaughter was what the U.S. did in Afghanistan, what the U.S. did in Iraq. And it's such an Orwellian experience to hear uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and uh, President Biden insist 
when they wag their fingers at Russia. That is absolutely intolerable for one country to invade another when they helped lead the way as chief of staff of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and chair that committee in the lead up to the U.S. invasion of Iraq, where they cheerled and green-lighted that invasion. So we, we really need a sense of integrity. It's not going to come on the whole from Capitol Hill, to put it mildly. We need to generate the single standards of human rights by information flow and activism from the grassroots. Yeah. And you know, something I learned from your book, I did not see it myself and I don't remember that, is that um, when uh, Bush started his attack on um, Iraq, the host of NBC's Meet the Press told Donald Rumsfeld, who was the defense secretary at the time, that he is America's stud. What does that tell you? Well, it was a, a tremendous uh, testimony to the blend of patriarchy and militarism, chauvinism, uh, jingo narcissism of, that is so prevalent in the United States. You know, Esty, a very quick example that brings us up just to last week is that, as people might remember, when Russia invaded Ukraine, there was a lot of justified condemnation that it was evidently using cluster munitions. And the White House suggested that that was quite possibly a war crime. And yet, just a few months ago, it was President Biden who announced that the United States was going to send those same weapons to Ukraine. So war crime, if it's done by Russia, A-OK if the United States does it. Last week, there was a bipartisan amendment introduced in the U.S. House of Representatives to prohibit further shipments from the United States. Of cluster munitions. That effort was defeated with a majority of Democrats and Republicans voting against it. Uh, I'm glad to say that Mark Pocan voted to ban cluster munitions going forward, but he was in a minority in his own party. Yeah. Well, we do have another caller we want to thank, and that is Judy from Barroqua. Thank you so much, Judy, who likes uh, Public Affair, Melon Floyd, and Mud Acres. And we really need a lot more of you to call right now or get on um, the Internet and uh, donate on the air. We have only 15 minutes left. I really want to talk with Norman a lot more. The book is important and um, there's so much stuff to talk about, but we need to hear from you. So call now. Call the station. WORTFM is the way you reach us online wortfm.org and you can click on the orange donate button to make your donation there or you can just pick up the phone 608-256-2001 dial extension 1 to make a donation on the phone and why should people donate Janet? all of the things that you have been talking about with Norm affect our lives every day they affect the the lifestyles that we live, they affect the world around us, they affect our families, they influence the dangers that we are experiencing in our schools and the dangers to our very own children and grandchildren. Um, The increase of violence in the world affects everybody. 
we hear more about it on wart, I think, than probably in any other source that I'm aware of. So glad to see. That's good. We've got some donations coming in. We'd like to see more. Keep on calling. We're looking forward to your calls, and our phone answers are here ready to take your calls. Yeah, so let me thank the three that we just got. Really, really appreciate hearing from you folks. Alan White from Paoli. Paoli. So that's the second one. We had Viroqua. We now have Paoli. These are people who are not in Madison and probably depend very much on Ward to get a lot of their information and the music that they love. So if you are one of these, um, please also call or donate online. And um, Alan got himself the Progressive Magazine. And he likes Blue's Cruise, Who Cooks for You, Green Morning, and we assume also a public affair. So thank you so much, um, Alan. And uh, we got another uh, beautiful pledge from Anita in uh, Madison. And she likes Esty and Alan, a public affair. Eight o'clock buzz, music loves wart. Thank you so much, Anita. Really appreciate hearing from you. And we heard from Sally Sticks. Sally, thank you so much. And Sally increased her uh, monthly uh, donation. And uh, again, we need two more people to do that. Thank you so much, uh, Sally, who loves the whole schedule. It's all so, so important. And so we're uh, doing better now. We still are not near our goal, either of number of people calling or amount of money we need to raise but we do thank you so much and we are going to continue talking um, with Norman Solomon about his new book War Made Invisible How America Hides the Human Toll of Its Military Machine and like I said one of you who pledges or donates during this hour is going to get the book so um, you know Another reason to call and celebrate with me my 28th anniversary on the air, would you please? Come and celebrate with Esty. Esty, you have provided so much good for our community. Um, I'll celebrate with you. I'm going to make my donation during your show. Yay! Also, so count me in. Thank you. And And let's get some more phone calls. from. And celebrate Janet. I don't think we've gotten anyone yet from the medical or academic fields. Well, I mean, or they haven't told us that. Right, yeah. But um, tell us and, and call and celebrate any of that. Celebrate Norman Solomon for that um, matter and um, all the good that he has done. Uh, we trust you to do that. We have 11 minutes left and we need a lot, lot more Call so please. Um, so another thing, uh, Norman, going back to Ramsfeld, and he definitely was not the first one or the only one, but he claimed that the targeting um, during the Iraq War and, and the Afghanistan War um, was precise. And here's a quote from your book of what he says, the humanity that goes into it uh, makes sure that they destroy only military targets. So, first of all, how true was that? And secondly, can war be humane? Well, there was a comforting lie, and many people in the United States wanted to hear that. The Brown University study that I mentioned from the Cost of War Project conservatively estimated 
that 46,000 civilians were killed by the U.S. directly mm. uh, in Afghanistan. The total number of civilians killed during the so-called War on Terror, more than 400,000. When you look at the ratio of the deaths, each one of them taking an innocent, precious human soul on 9-11, the ratio is more than 100 to 1. Mm. Uh, just uh, in terms of direct deaths of civilians, for everyone who was killed on 9-11, more than 100 were killed in the U.S. so-called or supposed uh, retaliation and response. You know, Esty, something that really struck me uh, working on this book is not only this uh, fatuous and uh, really insulting uh, claim by uh, Rumsfeld that the U.S. attacks on Afghanistan and Iraq then uh, were precise and weren't harming many civilians, you know, a complete deception, was something that uh, Rumsfeld, as so-called defense secretary, said at the outset, uh, which was that all the deaths in Afghanistan after the U.S. attack, uh, whether military or civilian, were to be laid at the feet and totally blamed on al-Qaeda. And when you stop and think about it, it means that the U.S. government was giving absolute absolution to itself, no matter what and how many people it killed, no matter what kind of devastation that it carried out in the years that followed. Yeah, and um, I want to thank Jim from Loganville, who increased his monthly donation. So now we still uh, need one more person to do that. We also still need, I believe, a first-timer. I actually haven't checked that. Um, Janet, maybe you can um, look through all of them and see if we had any um, first-time donor. Um, we are getting closer to our goal, but we still need another um, well, 600 and some dollars. So we really need to hear from uh, you all, 608-256-2001, wartfm.org. We often get um, a stream of calls at the very last minute. Um, we need to hear from you. It is very important. So, um, Norman, I want to keep talking. I, I trust that our um, listeners will call and um, support us in continuing to do um, this important work that we do. And, and I, I want to tell you also, Norman, you may not know that, and it may not be the case in all the stations that um, are like ours, but I'm a volunteer. Practically all the hosts here are volunteers. So for 28 years now, I've been spending anywhere from two to five hours preparing to do this one-hour show, and I haven't received any money for that. And... Um, and I'm still so glad that I can do that, and I would like to continue doing that with the support of our listeners. What do you think? Is is that something that uh, worthy of people's support? This is what uh, the nonprofit world uses the jargon of in-kind contribution. And yes. it is kind, it's in-kind, and it's profound because we couldn't do it without that. We couldn't do it with the out-of-the- commitment out of the caring that we just could not sustain our progressive institutions if people were 
being paid for everything they do. And of course, we wish we had a lot more resources, but we work with what we have. And uh, you don't find volunteers at CNN or the New York Times. Uh, they have a lot of corporate advertising money. We uh, should meet the challenge. We should supplement the volunteer energy that's so profoundly important with the minimal financial resources and donations that are essential. Yes, I agree. Um, Janet, anything new on the online? Nothing new online. We could use some online pledgers right now. Absolutely. How can people do that? And they can go online to wortfm.org. And when the website opens, you click on the little orange donate button, and it'll take you right to a simple page to tell us how you would like to make your donation. There and are they, they can also call. And um, let's thank our, our, our pledge takers. Who are they? Our pledge takers are... I don't think I have their names, Esty. I think you do have I? them somewhere. Do I, I do have the names? I, gave it I do time. have the names. Our pledge takers today, thank you so much to Amy, Aaron, and Gary, who are out there answering phones and taking pledges from everyone who calls. They are ready and waiting for your phone call. You can call right now, 608-256-2001. Call in and give us your donation during this public affairs show with STD Noor. She's talking with Norman Solomon. Thank you for being here, Norman. And we'll take your call. Pick up the phone right now. And uh, we got another uh, pledge from Willie in, guess where? Minneapolis. Yay! Thank you. Willie's three favorite word shows are SD! Thank you so much, Willie. Really appreciate hearing from you from uh, Minneapolis, and he's getting the Madison Illustrated history. We have four and a half minutes. We need to hear from many more of you. We are still not there. We are just about halfway. And Willie brings up the fact that our... um, the message from Wart goes out not only in the Madison, Dane County, yes. and Wisconsin area, but far beyond. People are listening and streaming online, sometimes internationally. So wherever you are, whether you're in Madison or in Dane County or outside of Dane County or anywhere in this country or beyond, give us a call right now. 608-256-2001, extension 1, to make your donation. Yeah, and Norman, as I look at my notes here for today, I see so many other things I would love to talk to you about. And, of course, we're not going to have time today, and I'm sorry about that. But, again, one of today's pledgers slash donors is going to get the book, and others are very welcome to buy it or to um, get it from the library. I guess... Um, the the last thing then I'll ask you about Norman because it w- it, it was just uh, horrifying to me to read is your visits to Baghdad before the March uh, 2003 invasion and your conversation with U.S. ambassador to um, no no your your conversation with the U.N. ambassador to Iraq about children there tell us about that. Yes, this was in uh, very late 2002. The invasion was impending, and uh, the UNICEF director for the country took me around to various schools that had been uh, partly repaired by UNICEF. And long story short, 
Some of the schools were in dreadful condition, broken windows, sewage in the floors and so forth. And others were quite lovely. And then we sat in his office and I said, what happens if the U.S. actually invades? And there was this terrible silence. And he said, that would be a whole different matter. And of course it was. It was. Yeah. Um, let me, since you are so good at giving short but important answers, let me ask you quickly about the use of religion and religious symbolism and racism in um, continuing these endless wars. Three days after 9-11, uh, President uh, George W. Bush gave a speech at the Washington National Cathedral And it's almost unbelievable, but it is true. I quote in the book, he said that in response, the United States would, quote, rid the world of evil. Can you imagine mm -hmm. going to a cathedral and pledging that the U.S. government will rid the world of evil? This was a prescription and remains uh, the kind of madness of militarism in Dr. King's term. And yet... Martin Luther King Jr. is an example of how religion can be part of a very powerful positive force. Yeah. And uh, Norman and I would like you to know that we just got three more uh, pledges. One is for Deborah in Madison, who loves a public affair. Thank you so very much, Deborah. And the other one is from... Um, from Anonymous, um, who um, also gave us um, a nice donation. And this person likes Rock and John, Democracy Now!, at jazz shows, and a public affair. And then we got one from Lynn, who is also um, out of town. She's in Spring Green. And uh, what she likes is Estes, one of her favorites, loves words diversity. Thank you so much, Lynn. And we got Paul Gates also from Spring Green, two, two people from Spring Green. And he's getting the Progressive Magazine. He loves Estee Dillou, exclamation point, Melon Floyd, exclamation point, and Kiosk. And thank you, Paul. Um, Thank you, everybody who has pledged, and please continue pledging to us so I can disrupt these funny boys. Um, Janet? Thanks to everyone who did call in. You still can do that, and you can pledge for the public affairs show. Anything online ending. for us? Nothing new online, no. so you have that opportunity as well. And Norman Solomon, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you for your work and for this current book, War Made Invisible. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. And thanks to Jade and Emmett, who is our engineer today. Oh, we just got another one from another anonymous with another uh, pledge. And this anonymous likes S.T. Mellon Floyd, Guilty Pleasures, and BBC News. We're going to get off so the funny boys can get on.